Music with message on the Messenger of Good News. We are worldwide at KFUO.org. We are AM850 here in the St. Louis region. Hi, I'm Gary Duncan. This is the Midday Moments program. It's time now for our moment on the lighter side. And last week we started a conversation with one of the disciples of the Apostle Paul, a man who would go on to be Bishop of Crete, a man who actually has a book of the Bible named after him. Now, he didn't write the book. What it was was a personal letter of advice written to him by the Apostle Paul. And I suspect by now you could guess who I'm talking about. Let me introduce to you Titus. Polly want a cracker? Polly want a cracker? Excuse me? Polly want a cracker? Polly want a cracker? Pretty bird. Pretty bird. Hey, is, is this Titus? Uh, get, get off that phone, you silly bird. Sorry, Mr. Duncan, I was counting me booty, and I didn't hear the phone ring. I never should have taught that parrot to answer the phone. (laughs) Counting your booty. Was that hard to do? We got lots of booty here. (laughs) A lot of booty. Okay. (laughs) You got to keep track of it. Yeah, those riches. Well, anyway. Get away, parrot. Get away. I'm talking on the phone here. We're glad to reach you, Titus. I know there's a lot of people who would say this. Stay away from my booty. I'm sorry. (laughs) A lot of people would say that uh, the program's for the birds, but uh, I'd rather just talk to you if we could. Well, well, thank you there, Mr. Duncan. Now, we're in the middle of a discussion here, and I would like to review last week's conversation for the sake of those who might not have been with us. Ah, shiver me timbers. Go right ahead, matey. Okay, you were saying when it comes to pastors, it doesn't matter what sort of man he is. If he speaks the word of God, he speaks the word of God. Ah, right. When a pastor says, your sins are forgiven, or this is my body and this is my blood, or in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, those words remain the words of Jesus, with all truth and power, even if the pastor himself be a scoundrel. Okay, but if that's so, Titus, why the letter from Paul? It included a list qualified for pastors. Amongst other things, it says a pastor should be above reproach, the husband of one wife, and so on. If it really doesn't matter who the man is, why does Paul provide a lengthy list of qualifications? Hark, there are several reasons for that, matey. You must remember, at the time Paul wrote this letter to me, I was working on the Isle of Crete. Right. On uh, One can hardly miss your strong Cretan accent. Avast. <laughs> now, you might need such a list of qualifications in a fine, upstanding community like St. Louis. <laughs> uh, you haven't been to St. Louis in a long time, have you? But Crete now is a land filled with pagan ideas and, and Jewish myths. Not only a land of pagan teachings, but pagan practices that would curl the hair even of a hardened sailor like me. As the Apostle Paul says, they were people who professed to know God, but denied him by their works. But still, what difference does it make if it doesn't matter what kind of man a pastor is? Well, the fact is, in the early church, not everyone agreed with that teaching. There were many who felt if a man was evil, it would indeed invalidate the word of God he spoke. And now in the end, the, the church agreed that all that really matters is that a man is speaking the words of Jesus. Uh, the words of Jesus are still true, even if spoken by a corrupt man. But would you not agree that people might find that a difficult thing to believe? 
Yeah, in light of all the sad things that have happened in our modern church, I would agree for some people that would be a hard thing to believe. Yeah, it's sad but true. You must remember, in Christian love, the church is always concerned about those who are weak in faith. So while it is true uh, that all, all that matters is that a man preaches the word of God, for the sake of the weak and faith, it is important that we seek out a man who, as Paul says, is hospitable, a lover of good, self-controlled, upright, holy, and disciplined. Well, you might read the further advice Paul gave me in chapter 2, verse 6 of the book of Titus. Okay, hang on. I've got my Bible right in front of me. Okay, let me flip a couple pages. Okay, so here's what it says. It says, Show yourself in all respect to be a model of good works, and in your reaching show integrity, dignity, and sound speech that cannot be condemned, so that an opponent may be put to shame having nothing evil to say about us. You see, matey, in the end, all that matters is that the pastor teaches us the word of God as found in the Holy Scriptures. But still, we should carefully choose men to be our pastors, lest we give the enemy opportunity for slander, and we offend those who are weak in their faith. We should seek out men whose behavior is above reproach, but most importantly, we should seek one who will, as Paul says, hold firmly to the trustworthy word as taught, so that he may be able to give instruction in sound doctrine, and also to rebuke those who contradict it. Okay, I think I understand what you're saying. What is important is that a pastor teaches us what the Word of God teaches. But precisely because of that point, we should choose pastors who are both well-taught in the Word of God and also whose behavior does not contradict that Word of God. Ah, oh, shiver me, Timbers, matey. I think you've got it. We don't want pastors to distract us from the Word of God. But Titus, how can we know those things for sure about a man we choose? We can only judge his outward behavior. He might be a hypocrite. We can't see into his heart. It seems to me that it must have been a lot easier in your day when Jesus directly chose men to be his leaders. Ah, oh, vast matey. There are some who claim he does just that today. Uh, they come forth on their own, claiming that God chose them directly to be pastors. It's as if, as if the Spirit fell from heaven, and they swallowed that holy dove up, feathers and all. Swallow the bird! Swallow the bird! Oh, oh don't worry, Polly, no one's going to swallow you. <laughs> well, I gather from your tone you don't think that's a good thing. Well, of course it's not a good thing. From the very beginning, God made it clear no man can claim to be a pastor on his own. It wasn't my choice to be a pastor, but I was appointed by the church. It is not for a man to choose to be a minister, but it is God who chooses a man to be minister. What do you mean God made it clear from the beginning? Well, well consider the story of King Saul in the Old Testament. Now, Saul was chosen to be king, but then he decided to take for himself the office of priest as well, making sacrifices in the absence of the prophet Samuel. Now, that angered God because God had not called Saul to be a priest. Uh, likewise, Jesus emphasizes the same thing in the New Testament. What well, he said to his apostles, not that you chose me, but I chose you. But that's the question. How do we know today that God has called a man to be a pastor? In your day, it was simple. Jesus called Paul. 
Paul called you and then gave you command to appoint elders in every town. You're missing the point, matey. It wasn't that certain individuals were given the power to select men to the ministry. No, even back then the power was given to all of us. It was given to the church back then and, and today as well. What do you mean, Titus, it was given to the church? Well, consider the first call to the ministry that was issued in the book of Acts. The call to replace Judas Iscariot. The call of a man named Matthias. Now that was not a decision made only by the apostles. Indeed, the apostles recommended men who met the qualifications, but in the end, the actual choice was not made by Peter or by any other individual. It was a decision made by the church as a whole. True, I was charged to select men to be elders who met the qualifications of doctrine and behavior as prescribed by Paul, but trust me, they also needed to be men acceptable to each congregation. But how does that selection process work today? Well, each church has its own tradition. Some have church officials who make that choice. Others might have a committee who recommends a name. I suppose as long as a man doesn't choose the job for himself, each church is free to settle on its own method. Uh, you know there, Mr. Duncan, myself, I kind of like the manner your church uses. Okay, to be honest, I haven't been involved in choosing any pastors lately. What method is that? Well, first, if a man wants to be a pastor, he must go to the seminary. Oh, that way he is able to give instruction in sound doctrine, as the Bible says. Ah, vast, matey. But even when he's done with seminary, that in itself doesn't make him a pastor. It just makes him eligible to be considered to be a pastor. When a congregation is looking for a man, why, why your district officials will make a, up a list of those they think might best serve a, a given parish. So then it is a district church leaders who make the final choice. Oh, not at all, because the congregation can also pick names of other seminary graduates who they think are appropriate. And finally, like in the book of Acts, it is the congregation who makes the final choice with a unanimous vote, I might add. Uh, but that's still not the end of it. You mean there's more? Well, yes, for then the pastor himself gets to make his vote. He gets to say yay or nay. Why do you like this system? Well, because when all is said and done, no one man can say he made the pastor. Uh, the seminary had their input. The district gave their advice. The congregation had their say-so, and, and the pastor himself had to make up his mind. And while, like all human arrangements, uh, the system can be abused, when the process is finished, it was not the choice of any one man, but we hope and pray it was the choice of God. Hmm, that's a lot to think about. But, Titus, I'm afraid we're about out of time again. Is there any more you would like to say to us? Oh, indeed there is, matey. We, we talked about the qualification of pastors. Perhaps we should also talk about the qualifications of lay people. What's good for the goose is good for the gander and for the parrot as well, I guess. So let's pick up on that discussion next week. Hey, say, do you think you could teach me to speak a little Cretan too? Oh, sure, I'd love to. It's a simple language of ass with a limited vocabulary. Shiver me timbers. We'll do that next week as well. Talk to you then, matey. I look forward to it, and uh, hopefully you, you can teach this old dog a new trick. I would like to learn. We are the messenger of good news. This is KFUO Radio on Facebook at KFUO.org.